in the Evil Dead series, Ashley J. Williams uh, loses his hand and uh, replaces it with some hardware, specifically a chainsaw. If you were to lose your hand and have the opportunity to install any sort of hardware on your stump, what would it be and why? Pretty simple. I got this pick for both of you guys. Oh, you chose for us. Wow. Mark. You, sir, small garden rake. Small garden okay. rake. One of the, like, the flimsy metal ones. Okay. John, industrial plunger. Okay. No, I'm not going to get a plunger. Oh, you get a plunger. But the thing is, though, is you refuse to plunge anyone's toilets. So it's just completely worthless. And mine, <laughs> mine is just a wash rag for like wiping like oil away from stuff. Are we starting a stump business? Yeah, what, uh, what, <laughs> what are, are we, we doing here? Plumbers? I'm just saying, we have completely inefficient tools on the ends of our stumps. It's like if the Three Stooges made a stump movie. <laughs> now, what do you guys got? Well, I'm always at a loss for uh, finding a USB drive when I need it. So I'm thinking more of like a toolbox of sorts, wow, right? Wow, okay. USB drive, uh, battery chargers, just, you know, I can do it right off the stump. You don't get to put a whole toolbox. This is about picking a one tool. thing. This is about picking. Ashley didn't get to go like, well, I'm an S-Mart. Was it S-Mart? Yes. S-Mart. I'm going to put a little of everything on here. He had to pick one thing. I think he picked it at a time of crisis. If he had the opportunity we're assuming, to think about We're it. assuming we're all picking these <laughs> at a time of crisis also. In Army of Darkness, he replaces it with a robotic hand. Oh, that's right. So... Uh, well, I don't know. A Swiss Army knife is a tool. This could be my Swiss tech knife where I've got a USB drive. I've got a rechargeable battery for my computer. It's kind of like an outlet. How about that then? It'll just be an outlet. An outlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you okay. can produce one, 1. 1.21 gigawatts of That's power right, exactly. at all times. <laughs> Plug it in, boys. This runs off my heart. <laughs> what about you, John? Who? How do I follow up an outlet? That's a pretty good one. I feel like uh, you can only go up from yeah, here. Yeah, battery-powered outlet. You know, I think I would go, I don't even, umbrella. Ooh. Yeah. Functional? Always use an umbrella. Might make it hard to get into stadiums, but I think if I explain that it's a prosthetic, they let me in. So that's what I'm going with. It's a very weather-specific tool. No, you can use it any weather. Rain, you're blocking the rain. Sun, you're blocking the sun. There comes that guy with the, the you, umbrella You need stump. to scare off some birds off a yeah. beach, a la Last Crusade. Boom. Boom. There, there you go. Yeah. Are you in some kind of bloody battle and you want to John suddenly cool? remembered his Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think... That's like the worst like, <laughs> Connery impression. I think uh, I think an umbrella would be very handy. I, like I always it. forget them, too. I so. really like that idea. I did not even think about an umbrella. You never have an umbrella when you want one, so uh, at least well, I don't. I suppose whenever the five sacrifices have been made and it starts raining blood, you might find use for that umbrella. I'm going to be the only one dry. That's true. He'll be able to see just fine. Um, I channeled my my inner teenager and went with a samurai sword. Ooh. I, yeah. You sure. Know. You're going to need that I on a daily basis. I assumed this was not so much a functional, what would you just do as you had to go to work and you know go to the grocery mm-hmm. store and more of a, what would you put on your arm if you had to survive okay. a demonic you know, attack? Well, an umbrella could be a weapon. I agree. Yeah, Again, power I, outlet I like the umbrella idea. <laughs> the power outlet is very functional in very specific cases, but I just don't see being attacked by monsters going like, yeah, I need you to hold up just a second. Yeah. I am on two bars, okay? <laughs> you got to charge up, bro. Look, just because I took the angle of being a boring adult doesn't mean you have to, Mr. Swordhand. Hey, I'm just saying, Swordhand. I'm going so, to cut my leg by accident. I know it, though. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined by Garrett and John. 
You got our names right this All time. All right. Mm. Big step up. All right. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm recovering. Yeah, from what? Uh, well, I got my eyes dilated. Ooh. Yeah, really. Let's peer into my personal life here, guys. This is what happens. How uh, many fingers are we holding up what happened right today. Now. So that was terrible, but now it's over. So I'm recovering. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the dilation. I have more problem when they like shoot that air. Really? Oh, eye. the air doesn't bother me at all. The fucking dilation. Well, what I don't like about the, the actual being dilated parts, I'm like in the office is like three seconds and then they're like, all right, enjoy the rest of your day with blinding vision. <laughs> Did you get a pair of those wicked cool old people sunglasses? No, they gave, you, they gave me some new kind that looks like just two little round circles that go behind your glasses. Uh, so they go in between your face and your glasses. It's really stupid. I prefer. I would have preferred the old person one because at least it covered all of your eyes. This one, light was coming in from the side, the top, the bottom. It was barely affectional. Mm. So what would you rate that experience? Oh, man, that's a zero out of five. Okay. What is it a zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you give, have a speedy recovery to whatever eye issues you are. He looks okay with. now. Yeah, it was just getting new glasses. They just had to dilate my eyes because I'm old now. Really? Yeah. So I, they were like, oh, you're this age? Um, now you have to get your eyes dilated every four years. Surprise, oh. bitch. And I was like, oh. Yeah. They, they said it to me. They're like, you have one more year before you had to get dilated again. Yeah. I was like, so now I know that every couple of years, it's going to be time to be miserable. Hmm. Well, have you watched anything? Anything horror related? Yes. I watched a movie from uh, the past called Wait Until Dark. Uh, and it was came out in the 60s. It could be a thriller. It could be a horror. I don't know. It was not supernatural in any way. But is it it's like Hitchcocky. Yeah, it's like Audrey Hepburn is the main star, and she plays this lady who's blind, and somebody. Um, she had her eyes dilated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ties <laughs> right all in. together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she basically ended up with a doll that had heroin stuffed into it, and then these gangsters are trying to get it back. I um, mean, like the last, I mean, most of it is very blah, but like the last 20 minutes are actually really, really good where she like turns off all the lights and, the, and apparently when they aired, then you don't air things in a movie theater. When you played, when they played this in the movie theater, they like extra, they made the movie theater extra dark and they asked people to stop smoking. So, uh, that's the kind of time this movie came out in, but so it's really dark. You're supposed to like be seeing it from her perspective. And then this guy is like stalking her. Kind of um, like a science of the lambs in yeah, very similar to that. Okay. I mean, it was really, really good, especially considering its age. Um, so uh, I would highly recommend it. Okay. Jumping into something way back. Yes. Well, I've cool. been trying to flesh out my 50s and 60s horror. That's fair. Some of it is very painful. This one, it. not. Garrett? Eh, nothing too much. Uh, got the new Mezco designer series, uh, Freddy in, a little figure. It's kind of cool. Um, we've mentioned before that we've gotten a few of those in. I think, uh, Mark, we might do a little short video on them, just kind of talking about them as we get the uh, the next one in the series, which I believe is Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise, I believe, is going to come out sometime in December, um, and we can put something together. Those are really stylized, really cool-looking figures, almost like caricatures, if you will, of the characters. Kind of, yeah, exaggerated kind of like, you know, super deformed style, you know, versions of these horror icons. They're pretty cool. Um, I feel like they're worth talking about. I mean, not everyone's into, like, figures and stuff like that, and I don't keep mine for like collector's reasons, but they look cool enough for me to like, yeah, I'd like to display those. So other than that, just watching the movie for this podcast. Cool. Well, I want to take this opportunity to talk about the Blair Witch game. I completed that and uh, I thought I'd fill you guys in on a little bit. Please do. This game was pretty good. I would say I didn't really feel a deep connection to the movies until like maybe the last third of it. Um, You do play as a uh, 
an, a police officer who was in the military before. He's going through some PTSD. He was put on suspension for a short period of time, and now he's back trying to find a child in the woods. Like I said before, he's got a dog with him. So that's a big mechanic of using the dog to go look for things, lead you in the right direction. And it's, also let you know when things are coming at you. Yeah, correct. And no harm befalls the dog. It was not made clear to me if the dog could die, if that's okay. what you're asking. Yes. There is a point where you do have to make a decision concerning the dog. Oh. He lived in my playthrough. Okay. So it's at least possible to make it to the end with the dog. Okay. There's some totems hanging up in the woods early on, you know, like the, uh, whatever the little Blair Witch wooden figures are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The dream um, catcher. So you're breaking those. You're also finding clues and photos of people facing the wall, kind of like in the movie. Other than that, until you get to the house for the final chapter, it's more about like this character's experience in the woods. And to me, I was almost getting like a Silent Hill vibe. And I don't know if that's ever been in the movies where it's more of like a psychological horror based on the character or the person in the woods. I haven't seen the third one. I watched what do, one what and mean, two. What do you mean by that? Two's a little like that where they can't remember what's happening and they're trying to piece it all together. I mean, ultimately it ends up being supernatural, but the first parts of it are very psychological, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's the whole like, because I think in the second one of the movie, it's like, you know, the shared phenomenon yeah. idea. Like, you know, if one person's seeing it and everyone's around do they all see the same thing you know mm -hmm. based off like the shared experience so i think there is a lot of like did y'all see that it's like i think i saw it you know kind of like you know could it be psychological but i think it, you're right it does become supernatural at the end of the second movie there's a lot of points in this game where you start having flashbacks of wartime battles and mm -hmm. i couldn't tell if this was just the character experiencing this on his own or if this was something that the forest was invoking in if him. the spirits or whatever were like right. kind of like triggering for him so that's I why i don't know if it's like a silent hill type thing where it it molds it scares to your personality I don't think that was ever touched no, in the that, movies. Yeah, I've never seen that come up in any of the movies. So. Okay. You come across a character who's also like this guy who's just taped brambles and tree branches all to his body, and you think that he's the one that stole the kid, or sorry, kidnapped the kid, rather. <laughs> um, and, you, and you're chasing him down, and there's a sheriff that shows up, and he's involved in it too. I wouldn't say that the game is overly uh, scary. Until maybe the last part, and then uh, it really ramps up once you get to the house. And it's like, oh, now I'm starting to see some crazy shit really go down. It also introduces some sort of um, forest fire demons or spirits. Hmm. And you don't actually fire a gun, but you can use your flashlight. And if you hold it on the demons long enough... They pop and die. So a la Alan Wake? Yes. Okay. Yes, very Alan Wake. -ish. We're getting really nerdy for you horror fans out there, but there's a game called Alan Wake. We use your flashlight. Um, it's like a Stephen King X-Files game. Yes. We use your flashlight as a, as a weapon. Um, game took me about four to five hours to complete in total. They're asking 30 bucks for it. Ooh, that seems a bit high for four it, to five hours. I would, I would say maybe so. I would go maybe for a $20 grab if you see it on sale. I did enjoy my time with it, but again, like... It looked really good. Like, yeah. on everything I've seen from it, like, you know me, I don't like to really play a lot of horror games, but everything I've seen on it looked really good. The mechanics sounded like they've taken existing mechanics and kind of, like, just tweaked them enough to make them unique mm -hmm. to this experience. I have a question for you, though. Okay. Um, with that time frame, do you feel that it was worth it? And the fact that not so much like just time equals money, but overall the experience and the time, do you think that they did enough in between point A and point B to really make the experience worth a purchase? So is the time invested worth the money spent? Yeah, because I played some indie games where I'm like, I had a really good time with that. And then I played some indie games where I'm just like, right. I'm, I just did a chore. You yeah. Know? Like I, I spent time just occupying my mind. Let me tell you two things here, and it's going to kind of um, make it difficult to answer your question. Because A, I didn't pay for this game. 
It's on the Xbox service Game Pass. Okay. Where you okay. pay $14.99 a month. You can play whatever's available, kind of like a Netflix style. Gotcha. Um, secondly, th- there is multiple endings. However, the endings are just a little bit different depending on the choices that you make. So like maybe like the difference is, is like, you know, one ending, you get the same ending, but the dog's there as opposed to not being there. That's one ex- ending is there and you find like a kid's sweater as opposed to not finding a sweater. That kind of ending? Yes. Okay. Little little small changes like that. So replayability, but not really anything that's going to like make you jump into an immediate replay. I would say unless you really had a great time with it, there may not be a reason to replay it. If you like horror video games, so it sounds like you have a good time. Yeah, but once you know what's already coming up, it kind of takes... You know, we've said that before. Like, once you watch certain things, you know where the scares are going to be. You kind of know how this is going to play out. It it, it could lessen its effect, right? Right. Sounds like a good game to pick up from your local blockbuster. (laughs) Rent it for a weekend and... There's one left somewhere in, like, what, (laughs) Australia or something? Uh, I think it's worth playing through once. And then if you're interested to see what the differences are, like I did, I just went to YouTube to see what the other endings were. Maybe grab it on sale. Yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a decent game made by the guys that made the Layers of Fear 1 and 2. Okay. So the same studio. So they have made some other horror games. Um, it looks like the game is only available on Xbox One. Oh, wow. I'll never play it then. I don't even have one of those. Yeah. So if you got an Xbox, just get the Game Pass. Play Give it, it that time. Way. It'll, it'll go to something. All <laughs> seven of you with Xbox Ones. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about some horror movies because let's. you guys let me watch a movie today that I awesome. enjoyed, but I also have some questions and some issues with. Uh, the issues are how awesome could how could so much awesome be in one movie? I know they didn't really leave a lot for others to share, and I guess the questions are: Is there more of this awesomeness? What kind of questions are you talking about? Well, let, let's get into it because the questions I have are very related to the plot. Also, kind of like you know, refresh me. So let me let me pull a mark here. Today's movie we're talking about is 2013's Evil Dead. What was there a mark echo? That was incredible. No, it was dead on. I practice it nonstop in my spare time. Honestly? I feel like I'm a little more monotone than that, but <laughs> I appreciate your effort there. Tone down the excitement <laughs> yeah. there. Um, yeah, we're talking about Evil Dead from 2013. The it, Would this be called a remake or would this be a reimagining? We've had this conversation before. Yeah, I think they call it a remake. So that's just I feel like, like this term, is a remake because they keep everything. The idea of it, the concept is pretty close. It's not like they took a concept and then basically kind of made it their own. Right. Like, you know, like Gremlins did this as opposed to this. It's like, this is clearly they go to the cabin. Well, here I'm going to tell everyone my deepest, darkest horror shame. I've never seen any other Evil Dead movie. You get out right now. This is the only one I've ever seen. You haven't seen one, two, or Army of Darkness. Nope. Okay. Hey, hey John, I've seen part one way, way, way back <laughs> in the day and don't remember anything from it. And I saw Army of Darkness and did not enjoy it at all. Ooh. Well, guess what you guys have just done? Guaranteed <laughs> that one of those is going to be on the list in the oh, future. absolutely should be. And I understand that this is a big uh, big hole in my horror viewing and that it's much beloved. But um, also, I just never got around to it. Yeah. I saw this one and was like, I don't want to have this watered down. Because one, the original Evil Dead was kind of like a low budget indie horror film. The second one is where Raimi and them kind of took on more of the humor aspect of the, the kind of the, the fun Sam Raimi stuff that he does, like kind of like in Drag Me to Hell. There's a little bit of goofiness to I'd the I'd say it's, the still, it's still predominantly a horror movie, but there is some humor injected into it. 
And it's not until Army of Darkness that it kind of swings the other way. It swings full kind of yeah. like comedy horror. Comedy slapstick horror. Tucker and Dale, House 2 kind Isn't of thing. Is there time like travel that. involved, right? Yes. Yeah, he okay. goes back in time. I've in, seen like clips or like half the movie here. I think I've probably seen like 20 minutes of the franchise I'm in gonna pieces. Go, I'm going to go find that photograph that we took with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. And I'm going to marker your face out. It was, you know, I was <laughs> You like, don't deserve to be in that photo. Yeah. Like psycho ex-boyfriend. <laughs> level like oh no, my god I, mark calm down i get it i mostly uh you know for, i knew he was famous for a lot of things i feel this way a lot also when i'm like i haven't seen these movies <laughs> so like i don't i don't fault you for not seeing it it is though one of those movies though that is extremely iconic and i never got it like it just never did anything for me but this remake ooh, i enjoyed I enjoyed, but wow, I've got some questions. Rewatching it, I will say, I think it is one of my favorite horror movies. I, it's definitely in the top 10. I would like to address something you brought up a little while ago when you were asking if this is a remake. In 2018, Fidi Alvarez, the director, said that it actually continues the first one. Its uh, coincidences are based on the first film, and um, it's more like a soft reboot, if you, you will. Okay. In one of the scenes, they show the original Delta that was in the first movie, kind of in some brush and bramble, like it shows this car. And I think that was supposed to indicate that we were back at the same cabin. Oh, oh. see, okay. Now, the first things I have questions about is one of the first things that happens in the movie. Okay. I will just address what you said, Garrett, and that you missed the best one of the trilogy. Evil Dead 2? Yes. Is that really considered the best one? That's my, my opinion. Okay. I've heard that before as well. In fact, one of the reasons I never watched any of them is because I was going to watch Evil Dead 2, and then someone was like, no, 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 you got to watch one first. And then I never watched one, so I never watched two, so I've never watched three. See, I heard, <laughs> I, I heard Evil Dead 2 was kind of like their second attempt at remaking the first one the way they wanted to make it. Uh, okay, so the deal was is that it was made under a different studio, part one. And when it, it came time to make a sequel, something happened with the rights that they were no longer allowed to address the events in the first film. So the first 20 minutes of Evil Dead 2 is a quick rehash of everything that occurred in part one. Okay, maybe and that's then, what I've And heard. then they continue on from there. So okay, it is, gotcha. it's not a remake, but the first like 20 minutes I would are. love to know. Kind of like Rob Zombie's Halloween, where the first half is like all new material, and then the second half of that movie is yeah, just the remake of Halloween. I can see that comparison. I would love to know what kind of contract let them keep the rights to the characters, but not the rights to the, the characters, story. The the events and the stories, but not the actual movie. Yeah, that's crazy, but whatever. I mean... Times have changed. Who yeah. knows how these Hollywood contracts are written, yeah. right? It's some weird thing where they had to just... It's like, oh, let's just redo it again. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, Marvel can't use Spider-Man right now, okay? We've got problems all over the place. Enough. Follow the money. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Um, you know what see. it means. It's for our Illuminati listeners <laughs> out there. If you need to know, you know, y'all. So as mentioned, this is directed by Fidi Alvarez or Fetty. I always kind of not sure which way to pronounce that. He's also the guy that did Don't Breathe which is on my list, but I never saw the one where the blind man is in the house and these guys break in Oh uh, yeah, and mm. they're trying to rob him, but he like fucks them up or something. At least that's what I garnered out the trailer. Yeah. He's got like kind of like crazy heightened um, powers. That's he's, on my list as well. Never watched it. Actress, Daredevil old. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same guy actually. Is it really? The guy who played the, the stick. Oh, I think, I think the blind think guy is the be, stick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that don't breathe also has actress Jane Levy. Who's in this one who plays Mia. She's also the main character in that one. Uh, cast, as mentioned, Jane Levy. Is she related to Eugene Levy? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Who may, I, mean, I guess we could find out pretty easy if you want to know. Keep going. <laughs> she doesn't really look right. like a Levy. He's got them eyebrows and that hair. I, I feel she like, hasn't either. Yeah, you you would have been able to tell, like, oh, she got that Eugene Levy look. <laughs> <laughs> got the whole Eugene DNA. Yeah. 
Uh, Jane Levy as Mia. Shiloh Fernandez as David. It's Lou Taylor Pucci as Eric. Jessica Lucas as Olivia. And Elizabeth Blackmore as Natalie. Here's what the back of the DVD has to say about Evil Dead 2013. A secluded cabin, an ancient curse, an unrelenting evil. The original producers reunite to present a genuinely terrifying reimagining of their original horror masterpiece. Five young friends have found the mysterious and fiercely powerful Book of the Dead. Unable to resist its temptation, they release a violent demon on a bloodthirsty quest to possess them all. Who will be left to fight for their survival and defeat this unearthly force of murderous carnage? Nobody. Dot, 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 <laughs> dot. All right, so I think it's been you know very clear that I love this movie. I've been pretty open about that. Can I tell you, though, that Cabin in the Woods really did suck a lot of the wind out of this movie's sails. When I watch it now, I just think of scenes from that movie. This um, one came first, though, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, but if not, I mean, Cabin in the Woods was mocking this whole genre of Cabin in the Woods type movies. Yeah, the, the original Cabin in the Woods, you know, Evil yeah. Dead was in the Cabin in the Woods. Well, the original Evil Dead came way before this, but yeah. Cabin in the Woods came before this new remake. But I do not let that take away from my enjoyment of this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie as well. Um, when this movie came out, I actually didn't go watch it in the theater. I'm just so hesitant with remakes these days. If you talk to me in high school or even pre-high school, I originally, the first one I ever saw of this franchise was Army of Darkness in 1993 on a VHS tape. I didn't even know there was more movies to the franchise until later. But <laughs> someone was like, you know, this is the third of these, right? And I was like, shut the fuck up. There's more to this. Like, I literally thought Army of Darkness was it. Nice. So I would have told you back then that my favorite movie of all time is Army of Darkness. It's still in my top five. So that's why I was super hesitant about this remake, and I didn't see it actually until I rented it on Blu-ray and then was like, oh, well, that was stupid of me. This movie's amazing. I don't think I saw this in theaters either. I can't remember seeing it in theaters. So if I did, it's like it didn't happen. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know if I saw this one or not. I can't remember if I had actually seen it. I don't think I had, but I definitely know I've seen the, like, the remake of The Blair Witch. That one I did see. Mm -hmm. You picked the wrong remake to go see. I mean, both had their merits. I would definitely say this one was better than the Blair Witch remake, yeah. but um, I mean, the Blair Witch remake marriage. was good. I will admit, I enjoyed it. It was you know Blair Witch remake really was tried, was. yeah, and they really tried to like fix some of the holes that time and plot could create. Yeah. So I, I applaud them for doing that, and I enjoyed a lot of the visual of it. Yeah, this one I enjoyed a ton of the visuals. The cinematography in this was pretty dead on. Um, nothing felt too dark. Nothing felt too like you know set produced. Everything was very like, you know, very gorgeous in its own right. But man, this movie just jumps right in though. Oh yeah. No, it does like, not waste we get, any time. We get right into like, I was in a But like, first, Mark needs to tell us about a Rotten Tomato scores. Ooh. I do have those here. That is correct, John. We've got a 62% with the critics out of 197 and a 63% with the audiences out of 77,139. I wonder if those are that way because people are so attached to the flavor and tone of the original series. Yeah, I would have expected them 20% higher. Yeah. I feel that's accurate. Whoa. I feel that's accurate in the fact that, like, again, I know you guys really like this movie, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it felt very, not generic, it felt very standard to me. Visually and some of that stuff, like, awesome, but this felt very, like, beat-by-beat beat kind of standard. I didn't feel like at any point I was like, Okay, I know what's going to happen next. Okay, I can, I can, I, do. And I didn't know well, exactly yeah, what's totally. going to happen next, but it was, 
it was so note for note. But it executed it so perfectly. I it's agree. The, I, I agree. To me, it's like the standard of these movies, like, except for maybe Cabin in the Woods. But. See, I kept, like, the whole movie, I kept doing the same thing. I was like, oh, I kind of wish I was watching Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, now like, I want to go home and watch that, but <laughs> no, I can't. I got homework. Well, this one was shot on a $17 million budget and raked in 97.5 gross, so it's a box office success. And yet didn't get a sequel with yeah, that kind of yeah. money. Yeah, it's kind of, um, kind of up in the air, right? They've been talking about doing a sequel for a while, yes. but then we had the whole television show with the original go live, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. So we really, it's just kind of like- That didn't stop Puppet Master at the yeah. Child's Play. This was a spinoff <laughs> universe. It's true. Um, there's been talks going back to it. I think even as sometime as like July or June of this year, Sam Raimi said he wouldn't mind going back, but he doesn't know if Feedy would want to return because yeah. he's kind of like a big deal now. Did Raimi produce this? Yes. Okay. This movie was produced by him, uh, Bruce Campbell and Robert Tapert. Okay. I didn't, I didn't remember seeing Raimi's name when I was watching the credits, but I made glazed over him. But yeah, Raimi's doing a lot more producing than directing these days. That happens uh, with a lot of people. This was his, his company, Ghost House, I believe. Okay. Not to be confused with Bloom House, which are actually right next door in the same neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, they all are on Elm the Street. The house houses. <laughs> They're in Elm Street. They're all on that same street. Okay, so Garrett, what are your questions? This movie starts out with a girl running through the woods, and then you see some like shadowy figures. This was executed so well. Mm-hmm. The visuals of just barely being able to see these figures and like the dark and stuff like that. She gets kidnapped, what you think is being kidnapped, and then taken to... A cabin, which you will later find out is the cabin that we're at. Yes, in the woods. In the woods. Not to be confused with the cabin in the woods. Different cabin, maybe the same woods. We don't know. Maybe the same woods. A lot of questions here. (laughs) But, um, like, she's all bloodied up and stuff like that. They get her. They take her back. She is tied to a post. You think that she's, like, just normal, like, been kidnapped. Right. And then you start seeing random, like, people. You realize her dad is there, and he goes and pours gasoline on her or, like, lighter fluid or something. Some kind of flammable fluid. And then she's like, what are you doing? I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Stop this. What's going on? Who are these people? And then this old like witchy woman is like reading from, I believe, what the Necronomicon at that point. So in this one, it's not called the Necronomicon. Okay, but the that was one of my of, questions. Yes. Okay. And this one is called the Naturon Demento. Okay. I didn't know if that was like the real name for the Necronomicon. You can get the rights for the Necronomicon, so. Okay. You'll know the Necronomicon when you see it. It has like a a face. It has a face, and that's actually one of my other questions. It's like a flesh book. Yeah, so so you don't get to see the outside of this book, though, at this time. She's just reading from it, and she's just like, you know what we got to do? We got to kill her to end this thing. And she's like, Dad, I want to go home. What are you doing? And then like, as he goes to light a match, she starts cussing at him like exorcist style. You can t- at this point tell she's possessed yes. by a demon. And they're just like, well, you know what we got to do? We got to burn her up. So he lights her on fire and he's struggling with it. And then he takes a shotgun and blows her head off too. Yeah, it's, I was like, which and, one does it, do you need to do both? <laughs> like, is it Why not book? double down? Yeah. Safe than sorry, man. Why not double down? And I mean, the thing is, is like, and there's no confusion. There's no like, could she be possessed? No, this chick is like full possessed. Everything you could imagine, like indicating that this is happening. So they do that. And then we smash cut to the title, to the title. 
I love that. I love it when that title comes on every time. It's got that loud, bomb, bombastic yeah. music coming in. Yeah, oh, it was, was that what like it is? I was, I was like, wow, this is abrupt. It worked very well. I was like, okay, sign me up. Though I also was like, wait, did I start this movie in the middle? We immediately cut to like teenagers, 20 year olds. Yeah. Like, you know. Your generic get the gang together part. Yeah. yeah well, I think they're, they yeah, they're mid 20s because one of them's a nurse or about to become a nurse. So that's got to be yeah. early 20s. They're old enough to have a heroin problem. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't Mia. think there's any age limit on that. There should be, but I mean, second I time around in in rehab, so yeah. So they basically all show up at this cabin to like basically help this guy's sister Mia, yeah, go, go cold, cold turkey, and they're gonna do it out in the middle of nowhere. Terrible so. idea, uh, by the way. I don't. Think well, you you're don't want her to quit heroin. Get that turkey. girl some methadone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's better ways, but evidently she had been through rehab before, and she, she tried, tried cold going. turkey before, and then immediately gave up. Which okay, <laughs> it's heroin. I get it. Like that's why you don't do it, cold turkey. Let's try that one more time, if you don't mind. Out in the woods. Yeah. Out in the scary woods. Yeah. So, and I immediately thought I was like, oh, and I thought Mia was the girl that got burned at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, we're. We're flashing back. We're about to see uh, what leads up to this. And I kept waiting for the dad to show up the whole movie. I was like, where is this dude? And then later on, we reveal that like the the sacrifice ritual thing that took place right. at the very beginning happened before they got to this cabin. So they go into this cabin and after they determine they well, she dumps her heroin into a well. Yeah, she makes like a whole big speech about it. And, and you're supposed to be like really rooting for her. And then they're like, oh, yeah, she did all that speech last time. Too. Yeah, this is all <laughs> song and dance. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're not properly getting her the treatment she needs. But these friends are kind of unlikable, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Not a big fan of any of them. I think I think some of them have that whole, like, I've dealt with this long enough where I'm just kind of like, I'm here for support, but... I think their heart's in the right place. They're just too young. They're over their head, and they're too young to know that they're over their head. So cause That's he, That comes up later where she's like, she's getting the exact same treatment here that she would get at a hospital. And it's like, lady, you're in a cabin in the middle of the <laughs> woods with no electricity. I'm challenging you that this is exactly what a hospital would do. <laughs> no, yeah, and then you're talking about the character Olivia. Yeah. Um, and it seems like her direction was just uh, be a bitch. Yeah, pretty much. For the whole movie. Go ahead and be a bitch. And so it's like, uh, okay. She could be a little more empathetic towards her patient, if you will. Right. No bedside manner. I just <laughs> got, the, I got the inclination that basically she was just like, eh, we've done this before. This is not the right thing to do. I'm here because you guys asked me, but I don't, I don't think she was being a bitch. I think she was just kind of like, whatever, we're spinning wheels here. Yeah. And if you feel that way, then let her go to a normal rehab right. hospital and go through it that method. I agree. I agree. So, but yeah, so everyone's there. Who are the characters? We got well, Mia, which is the sister. Yeah. Mia, she's the addict. And we've got David, her brother. And then we have the hipster circa 2013 uh, named Eric. Okay, the man. blonde guy with oh, the beard. Who's a big teacher. Cabin in the Woods vibe from him. <laughs> oh, big Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have Natalie, which I think she might have been a love interest to David. I wasn't quite she sure. Was, she was his yeah. new girlfriend. Yeah. She, okay. was, she was generic blonde hot person who is here to die. I got the impression that Olivia had dated David before because she was like, hug me with both hands. Like, you mean it. Like, you missed me. Uh, and I he was kind that. of like being like, eh, at first. And I was like, maybe it's because it's like an ex-girlfriend or something. I don't know. I figured David had just, he missed the first rehab and that's his whole story is that how he wasn't there. So I just thought maybe he felt distant from the group. Maybe. And that's like his way of showing it. I don't know. But I like the love interest aspect more. It adds like a second layer. And Olivia, the nurse. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. We've checked them off the boxes. Okay. What's next? Like, oh, I'm sorry. There was a box unchecked. Grandpa, the dog. Grandpa, the dog. Oh. Who names their dog Grandpa? 
I don't know. That's got to be confusing. <laughs> I've yeah, I blocked Grandpa the dog out for a good reason, which we will get to. Yes, we'll get to it. <laughs> Jackasses. I, if you listen to this podcast, you know what happens to the dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, whatever. As we've learned from doing this podcast, I thought it was a modern trait, but no, they've been killing dogs since the seventies. They've been. So. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Yes, well, the John. everyone knew this. <laughs> yeah, dog no, was we know. Dying. We knew. Um, so they go inside, and at this point, like you know, everyone's getting kind of prepped. They're like, well, let's get this place. They go like, oh, someone must have broke in here. It must have been teens who used it to like get high and fuck, you know. Let's clean this place up. So there's kind of like, I thought there was going to be a montage at this point. It would have been great. And there was no montage. They're kind of just slowly cleaning the place up. And that's when David finds out from Olivia and Eric that like, hey, this has happened before. She's given the same speech. She said the same thing. We've tried this whole cold turkey thing. And it wasn't like a couple weeks before she was back to where she was. And not even that it, it, she was dead. Like oh, they yeah, had to she resuscitate died at one point. her. Yes. She OD. She's like, she wouldn't su- survive another OD. He's like, what do you mean? And he's, she's like, she was dead, dude. Where were you? Yeah. And so now her dying before and being revived, did that make her hypersensitive to what was going on with the, her so. surroundings or was she just normally like able to smell the smell of the cabin better than everyone else? Because when they walk in, they're like, what is that smell? And everyone's like, I don't really smell anything. And she's like, no, something smells in here, you guys. I do believe that was a side effect of her withdrawal. Was that like her senses or like her whole brain is like super active. Okay. So I think that's why she smelled it because they're even like, oh, it's just your withdrawals. Like pump your brakes here. You're a drug addict. Nobody cares what you're saying right now. Uh, they were so mean to her. She's like, I can't handle this. This is the worst thing. And they're like, we just got here. Are you already trying to go home? Like, damn, y'all are, it's been like one hour. Yeah, it was pretty rough. And she does have kind of a, a checkered, or not a checkered past, but more of like a, um, a sympathetic past because she was left to deal with her dying mother. Right. While the brother was off doing whatever he was mm. doing. I miss so that. she's like, hey, I was with mom on her last days. She always thought I was you. She couldn't even tell the difference between us, and I had to deal with her death on my own. Like, mm-hmm. I really could have used you. So we kind of get the hint that, you know, this might be kind of what led her down to the path of heroin. So. Possible, yeah. So I think, yeah, she's, like, weak. She's weakened. Her soul's a little weak due to, I think, all these combination of things. So so she makes a comment about the smell again, and everyone's like, you're crazy. We don't smell anything. And then the dog starts clawing or pawing at this carpet on the floor. And they're like, well, what the hell is this? Maybe that's something, you know? David goes over and lifts up the carpet, and there's a trap door with blood smear, like, coming out the, the <laughs> opening. And this is, like, the weakest part of the movie. Luckily, it happens in the very beginning, and you never have to think about it ever again. David goes down there. He finds this book that's, like, skin-covered, and it's mm-hmm. written all over it. Don't read me. <laughs> Do not read this. Well, it's Don't wrapped. write it. Yeah, it's let's, wrapped let's up. Let's set up how this oh, is. Oh, right. That's there's true. There's, like, 20 to 50 dead cats hanging from strings. Oof. They find the not a fan they find the post that the girl in the flashback was burned at Mm -hmm. and they do find our book of the dead wrapped up in a plastic bag covered in barbed wire yeah like wrapped in barbed (laughs) wire around plastic to kind of like i guess protect it crazy (laughs) that they didn't immediately leave this cabin like everything there was like Mm, I need to leave right now. This is some crazy shit. Someone's going to come back and kill me if I sleep in this cabin. Well, after doing this and grabbing the book and going back upstairs, they grabbed that and the shotgun that was down there from like when the, the Good dad plan on the shot the head. But like, you know, like after grabbing all that stuff, this underground has basically the, the, the wood steps are kind of rotted. So the fact that that gun was so clean and pristine, I was a little bit like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. They get back up and Mia, the first thing is just like, y'all should never touch anything down there. And I was like, 
She's on it. She Pro knows, tip. Exactly. Yeah. We're experiencing horror movie logic 101, you know, yeah, error of our ways. We're just going to ignore it and do what the plot requires. So bad. And this is like the biggest cabin in the woods like thing where it just sucks you right out. Like no one would really be this stupid in real life <laughs> to get yeah. this barbed wire covered skin book. Yeah. Eric is sitting at a table with a pair of pliers staring at this barbed wired book and he's just like, Fuck it. It's time to go in. He picks someone yeah. and just starts snipping away at the barbed wire, opens up the book. And then like you were saying, John, written all over the thing is like, do not read, throw in trash, yeah. stay far, far away. I mean, the fact that it is obviously made out of skin would have turned me off. I would be like, I'm not touching this. I don't have gloves. I'm not getting like some sort of weird herpes virus from this skin book. <laughs> and it goes so far that when he turns to the page that has the incantation is going to start us down the path of this demonic haunting it's it's scratched out. So he literally has to take a piece of paper and a lead pencil to kind of rub over it to reveal the words. And then he <laughs> reme- immediately reads it out loud. Well, here's my problem with that. He was doing that thing where you put a piece of paper over something and you lightly rub like pencil on right. it to basically reveal the, the pressure point. Mm-hmm. But if you've scratched something out, you applied enough pressure to scratch that thing away. You've like removed the light pressure that ink would have indented into the page itself. Like you would have only gotten scratch. (laughs) You you only would have gotten scratch. scratch. And it's like, he like keeps finding these words. He just reads them out loud. Kunda. Estrada. And as that's happening, we see something in the woods, like zooming towards the cabin closer. Montose. Mia's outside walking around at this point because she's having withdrawal still. And she's walking circles in the front yard in the rain. Yeah. Honda. Back to the book. A little bit of headcanon. Let me know what y'all think. And if this is maybe implied in the movies where it's the Necronomicon, the other movies, is it possible that the book casts like a spell on him? I put a spell yeah. on you. Like there's some sort of mystical reason or supernatural reason where he's compelled to read this book. I think in the original Evil Dead canon, along with Ash versus the Evil Dead, there has been a couple instances where it could have influenced someone's mind. However, I don't think that was the case here. Okay. I think he was just doing it his own volition. You know oh, what I mean? That's so depressing. Stone cold curiosity. Yeah. yeah. This is the rock bottom of the movie. At least it gets better from here. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's reading these words, he's summoning, I guess, the demon. Yeah. Now, here's uh, one of my uh, other questions. Uh, sir, he's summoning the evil dead. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, is the evil dead the name of the demon? I just assumed it was the force. Anytime you see that camera going, yeah, that's zooming the through, evil dead. that is the evil dead. And okay. if it hits now, you... Is that a force that just lives in the woods, like the woods are haunted, like the Blair Witch Woods, or is it like a actual entity that like just has taken up residence there? Or is any place that you read the book going to be able to summon this dude? Was it the woods itself or was it the the demon? He's definitely a demon because he tells the guy that his mom's in hell with us. Yeah. So... The evil dead can go anywhere. It's not only strictly having to be in these woods. Okay. Okay. Now, what it is, again, I've always considered it to be some sort of force or um, some sort of possessive energy from hell, right? Like a leech on your soul, if you will. Perhaps. And when it hits you, you get possessed. You start taunting your victims, and you're out to kill anybody that comes within your path. And you'll do everything you can to, like, kind of break them down with insults and you'll even cause physical harm to the the the, the, the body or the host that it's in. Very exorcist. Yeah, exactly. 
So your standard demonic possession stuff. Something this movie does that is not in the originals is it sets forth that there is a specific step-by-step process that's going to be taking place for our characters. There's like, okay, you've said the words. Now in each page, I'm going to show you what one of you is going to be experiencing, what horror you're going to go through. I couldn't remember if that was actually shown in the first one or not. Yeah, this wasn't a thing so. in there, no. It, so it foreshadows what each character is going to actually be tormented with. And at the end of this, if all five of them are sacrificed, it is going to resurrect a demon. That will take over oh, the world. And that's okay. what happens at the end, more or less. So um, earlier they had made a pack that's like, if Mia wants to go home, we're all not going to take her. And uh, they all agree to that. And so Mia freaks out about the smell in this book rightfully. And she's like, look, I want to get out of here. And they're like, listen, we all agreed that we're not going to take you home. And then she goes to her brother and she's like, David, you'll take me home. Right. And he's like, sorry, I agree with them. And then she's like, you are never here for me. This is all your fault. And that's when she drops all that knowledge about mm. being with her mom who has died. I mean, she lays the guilt trip on hard. Damn. Uh, she steals the keys, jumps in the car, and then speeds through the woods. Well, this is after the demon thing shoots up and is standing off in the distance. She thinks it's hallucinating. She yeah, thinks so she's this is like, what happens next. She's driving, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. I've never had to deal with anybody going through withdrawals to any, probably ever. Is, is her uh, kind of actions and the way she's being portrayed. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that? Only Mm -hmm. seen other movies. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. movies and stuff like that. I mean, it seems in line with, yes, like what you would imagine someone who's in the early stages of withdrawal before they're too, at some point she would be too sick to do this kind of shit. But right now she's just like in the craving stages, right? So, I mean, yes, from like, if you didn't know she was in a horror movie, I don't think it's outrageous for the people to be like, this is, you know, you just have to push through this. This is why, you know, it's so hard. But also they found a basement full of dead cats. So maybe that changes the calculus some. No, yeah. let's let's move this intervention to the hospital where yeah. we should have done it in the first place. <laughs> should have been their inclination. Yeah, I was just curious because like you said, I, I associated it more with like the physical sickness yeah. of not having the drug in your body. Oh, when she vomited? Yeah. Yeah, I thought like, that's so what it was. I didn't, think, I didn't think it was the spirit that made her sick. I think she saw the thing and then ran inside and was all like, I got to get out of here. I think I'm hallucinating. Yeah, but her just like, then she up and steals the car, like you said. I was like, would she be even physical able to, able to do that? It's maybe. hard to tell how long is all had been if it's just one day then i think yes still i don't think like you go through like oh i haven't had heroin for one hour like uh, i'm vomiting <laughs> everywhere you know there, i think there is like a decline so i think it is it's theoretically still po- i would think still possible as someone who like y'all never really seen or experienced this yeah. but if i think someone like who's like would. fully addicted the way that she was yeah i mean we're talking like she she seemed like a heavy heavy user like someone yeah, who was fully you know, addicted i mean now we're really getting into the weeds here but she had like no track marks or anything she was like I a think, perfectly pretty looking yeah you're getting into yeah. the subtleties of no life, messed you know? up teeth like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so she steals the car and she drives away and as she's driving away she's freaking out yeah. and then like she sees was it a dude like a, or was it the like i thought it was like a kid it seemed like a lady like the i lady assumed demon. it to be the girl that was burned at the beginning of the movie uh, okay yeah, okay that, that whole like trope or the the things in the middle of the road and then you run your car off yeah she runs her car off the road and ends up like in a ditch and i guess they go get her and bring her back 
Well, when she's in the ditch, isn't that when she's like caught by the trees? Oh yeah, she gets out and tries to run away, and then like the evil dead spirit thing basically like grabs her in these like vines, these tree branches. It's really vines. weird. The rest, nothing else in the movie is like this scene where it like controls yeah. nature. This is an homage. This was in the original uh, film. Okay. Uh, there's an yeah. She's she's grabbed by all the tree vines and stretched apart, and then the dead girl shows up, or I assume to be the dead girl, or could be the demon. Um, barfs up black vine and it goes up inside of her and um, they've got her back in the house. They obviously went and got her. This is after she's been infected by like the demonic, you know, spirit thing. So I think that that part's like where she's officially demonic now. Oh yeah. She's fully, she's fully possessed at this point. And I got to hand it to Jane Levy. She does a great job of acting terrorized, crazed and manic. Oh, she did a great Mm -hmm. job. Yeah, she did a really good job. I completely agree. But all all the characters now are going to write off her story until, you know, shit really hits the fan as, oh, you're just going through withdrawals. You're just seeing shit. You know, you're just going Looney Tunes right now. Right. So is this, this is where she starts to really freak out to your point. She starts insulting them and getting like violent. And then she says at one point, like she stands up and is like, And they do not mention that at all, which would really freak me out if I were, I don't know, the guy who read from the skin book, but he's just like, oh, crazy drug addict. So then her voice is modulated and different too. So it wasn't like she just said it normally. Like someone's like, oh, she's freaking out. It was like, um, we all heard that, right? They do not react though, which I thought was (laughs) weird. They, well, they do decide we need to shoot her up with a tranquilizer. To go back to, I've never experienced, like, been through heroin withdrawal. I would figure shooting someone up with a tranquilizer is not what you do when you're trying to get somebody off of an opioid. I would assume you would not, you know, put another opioid in there. Right. You don't replace one drug with another. Or maybe that's what the methadone. I mean, again, we need to get off the whole, like, yes. drug rehabilitation <laughs> part because we are not the experts on this. So they shoot her up with this and uh, they lock her in the basement. Well, doesn't she attack? No, she pukes all over Olivia. Yeah, so they sh- so she pukes, they shoot her with the tranquilizer, and she like wakes up essentially, and she's like, "I shot her with enough to knock a horse down." Like, what? Why? What? Doesn't matter. But why would that be her initial dose? And then David finds the dog killed, like bashed in with a hammer, and he right. runs to the bathroom where he knows well, Mia is, and then he's like, "Mia, Mia!" And then I think Olivia's like, "I gave her enough training to like keep her knocked out." He sees like a, a vision. I guess the evil dead lets him see what happened. Like, was it just for yeah, us? See, or was I thought it... that was more of just what he was imagining. I, he's like, he was imagining he's like, I think it was her. So he's out to yeah. go really interrogate he jumps her. To they don't do clicks. that anywhere else in the movie, which was really kind of confusing. Yeah. It's the only time they do that. But yeah, I think that's what he was like assuming happened. Weird. So he goes through and banging on the bathroom door and Mia is in there boiling herself with the, the shower and water. Shower. And as oh, someone who takes right. really hot showers, this scene had me cringing yeah. because like I take hot showers like, and I enjoy hot showers. But to be that hot to where her skin was bubbling up and yeah, it was blistering, blistering yeah. open and stuff like that. It was just like he finally kicks in the door and they're like, what the fuck? And that's when they take her out. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? And then she attacks Olivia, right. pukes blood all over her face. And then they basically like the the trap door to the basement is open this whole time, which I was like, first off, close that. That's right. A, that's, a, that's, that's a hazard. Yeah, it's a safety hazard. Uh, you're going to sprain an ankle. After she attacks it, she basically is like, you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you all, blah, blah, blah. And they chunk her down the fucking basement. Eric jumps on top of it, 
closes it and seals it and is just sitting on top of it. Like, what do we do? And <laughs> at this point, everyone's like, okay, some shit's crazy now. Yeah. Two things ha- start happening at once. So they decide to give me a more tranquilizer. They're like, she need, we need to get her calmed down. All right, I get it, fine. So Olivia starts on her journey to go get the tranquilizer, which is in the bathroom. Yeah. And the cleanup, I assume, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah, Eric goes off to do his thing. And then, like, well, sees in the book that, like, one of the steps, I guess, is boiling your skin off with, like, scalding liquid. And he yeah. sees, like, a, a really cool drawing of it. I mean, cool in, like, this disgusting, like, <laughs> crazy, like, Necronomicon fashion. But, like, yeah. it's a really well-done drawing. And, and Eric is really keeping close to the vest that, oh... I kind of read this book and I'm starting to suspect that maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. Like, dude, I, it's it's situations like that. It's like, if anybody listening right now ever finds themselves after reading some demonic book, shit starts popping off, tell everybody in your party right away. Oh, like, immediately. Oh, this may be crazy talk, uh, but uh, I read out of that book that I right. shouldn't have. Communication oh, is key to survival and the buddy system. Hey but. guys, just FYI, I'm opening this book. <laughs> you know, like, stop. Cool. Yeah. You know, like, hey, guys, just FYI, this book has got skin on it. Okay, cool. Stop. You know, like, he went guys, so many there are things. drawings of everyone in here dying in horrible ways. Okay, stop. Like, this is done. <laughs> but, but maybe a supranational agency was pumping stupid gas into the cabin. Here we go with the cabin in the woods. <laughs> I love it. So then it cuts back to Olivia, who's in the bathroom. She's getting herself together. She looks in the mirror and she sees, like, her face is, like, a whole chunk of her cheek is missing. Oh, yeah. And she's like... You know, she obviously shakes her head. She washes her face and she's like, weird. She gets a tranquilizer. She like goes to the next room and then just stops and like freezes in terror. And the camera like pans down and you see that she pees herself. And then it cuts away to David looking for her like, Livia, Livia, where are you? Well, it was actually, it was Eric. Eric. Was yeah, Eric, Eric is. Okay. So he's, remember, he goes in the bathroom yeah. and he sees her like in the, the shower stall where uh, Mia was like boiling herself. And he's like, yes. what are you, what's going on? Like, she looked kind of like huddled over like, and bloody. Yeah, all like. And she has cut open her face with like a piece of the mirror or something. So like this, this is the, for me, this is the hardest scene to watch. It's intense. Out of the entire movie. This movie is so gory. Like, I had a little yeah. bit of a problem with how gory this movie was. Think of like hostile saw level, like mutilation, and you get to see a lot of it, if not the aftermath of. Very up close, yeah. So Eric walks into the bathroom and you just hear this cutting sound. Olivia, what are you doing in there? Olivia. Olivia. Are you okay? And like, as he slowly walks up to her, she turns around and reveals that she has removed the whole cheek on Ooh. one side of her face. Yeah. It's incredible special effects. I don't and assume it was makeup. So whoever did that makeup on um, point. Yeah. She immediately hops up, stabs him in the shoulder with such a force that David falls back and hits the toilet. And I felt that thud. It was intense. And he's scooching backwards as she's coming at him with the syringe that we assume was supposed to be for Mia to calm her down. Mm-hmm. Right. And man, she just goes at his face with that stuff. Ooh. Just stab, 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 like right stab, in the stab, glasses stab, as someone wears the glasses. glasses. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, oh my God. I was like, oh, he's going, he's, that eye is done. Yeah. That eye is destroyed. And I will give props every time we see him in the movie later, that eye is very, very squinty and like not usable and his other eye totally open. So they keep that continuity. Oh, that's kind of cool. And they even zoom in on his face when he pulls a piece of that syringe yeah. out of his oh. eye. Like so it's not, it's not in its eye. It's like right below in the skin piece, but you're just like mm-hmm. watching him like pull Like the lower eyelid area in the ocular cavity. Yeah. yeah. And she also like he, he lifted his hand up to try to block the stabs and she was just going through his hand with Oof. it too and it's just like oh my yeah, god it's, he's he's jacked up and he's like what the fuck and then like she gets up and then she goes to like cause he cause I thought this is when he kicked her back when she starts stabbing him he throws her back and her head hits the side of the toilet and breaks the piece off Right, because like, I think that the toy that cracks at that point, he's like, "Oh, she's not going to survive that," and she's laying on the floor. At this point, he's looking at his chest, seeing the piece of like glass Oof. and going like, "Um, what do I do?" At this point, she gets back up, like she's it's looking at him, and intense. then he grabs a piece of that broken toilet and then like smashes her head in because she's going to go for the kill. Oh yeah, and like they run in and they're like, Dude, "He's like, she was trying to kill me." Like he was freaking out, and they're like, "What the fuck?" So they take him out, they take the piece of glass out, they put some bactine on it. Is what it looks like they do. Yeah. Like, just be cool. Everything will, you know, we'll figure it out. But yeah, Olivia's full on dead at this point. Yeah, I think dumb. Natalie is moving around the house. She's like doing dishes. She's doing Which, something. I guess if you're like really unsure of yourself. Do something that feels natural, yeah. you know. So I do think the demon can cause you to see things. I think it can too, to a degree. Because she saw in the mirror, he saw the dog thing. And she's doing dishes and then she looks, she hears like Mia and then she looks and the thing's like open. The The cellar door, yeah. Yeah, it's open and she's just sitting on the stairs. Yeah, so then Natalie, for whatever reason, uh, decides to walk into the basement. To go check on Mia. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I'm coming. And it's like, oh, jeez. Just let it, let it rest. You know, like, let it do what it do. Uh, and yes, as soon as she walks in there, closes the door. Mm-hmm. She's like, Mia? Mia? It's like, oh, God, come on. Mia's and, full on demon at this yeah, point. Like, her face is all demonized. Mm-hmm. Gets into a physical fight, essentially, Natalie and Mia. Well, she gets a she gets a box opener. She finds a box opener. Yeah, it's right down there. And then she like is gonna use it to fight back Mia. And Mia Mia just like bites her hand and disarms the box holder out of her hand. And, and it's an then, intense bite too. We're not thinking like regular human bite. Like it's like whoa. It, I keep using the word intense because I don't know what how else to describe this movie. Everything it's in this so... movie is extremely intense. Everything's dialed up to like a ten. Right. Like and, all like, the, the graphics colors stuff. are so like they're muted, but also somehow vibrant i don't know how they did it cinematography like i said nothing felt like too like black or muddy once she gets the blade like mia gets the blade natalie tries to run up the stairs of course you know breaks the the rotted step almost climbs out and then as she starts to get out she gets her foot grabbed gets pulled back in there mia starts doing this weird thing where it's like full demon like she said something to the effect of kiss me you dirty cunt and this is after she sliced her tongue in half yeah mia like the blade the blade of the exact the the razor like box cutter and watch the whole thing Cuts her tongue yeah. in half, and you see the. It's like again, some of the gore in this was a little. That rough was in for me. the trailer too, which is crazy. Oh, but I that don't scene remember was that. In the trailer, Holy I don't think shit. it showed the whole thing, but it showed it to start to cut. And I think that I remember seeing that, being like, okay, I need to see this movie. But uh, yeah, but then she just starts French kissing Natalie with that bloody, gross, double tongue mouth, and then David and opens Eric the, opens up the top, and they pull Natalie out. They wrap up her hand. David looks at me and is like, Why don't you come down here so I can suck your cock, pretty boy? You fucking idiot! Your little sister's being raped in hell! Natalie goes in to like wash her hand after some dialogue. Natalie goes in to wash her hand, and Eric and David are like, 
Okay, Eric's like, this is what's going on. This book right here shows us how we're all going to die. This shows us how we're all getting killed. This is a fucking demonic book. Um, I don't think he says, I summon this thing, but he definitely is all yeah. like... He's all like third person about it. Somehow this demon yeah. was summoned. I don't know. Probably not by reading the book. I think <laughs> it's, it's also this, revealed that you can't burn it. I think it's when he's trying to burn yes, the book. Yes, because trying to, Eric's trying yeah. to burn it. He's like, this book won't burn. This damn book won't burn. Yep. And at that point, he's like, okay, the only way to finish this, Eric says to David, is we got to kill your sister. Like, we got to kill the demon. Of course, David's like, no. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Is no, it? No, I think After at this all point, you've seen, it's time to get on board with the murder. Or at least if you can't do <laughs> it, like, you know, like, like, and that Eric says that he's like, if you can't do it, run away like you always do. I'll, I'll take do care of this. And it was like, whoa. Right. Yeah. And okay. so at the same time this is happening, Natalie is looking at her bite and it's starting to fester like super it's infecting fast. her hand and her upper arm. Like it's slowly moving its way up and she's starting to hear uh, Mia talk to her like, yep, it's it's got you now, blah, 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 the demon voice. And she takes, was it an electric turkey slicer? I think so. Oh, yes. And then just starts slicing through her arm and the demon's like, don't cut it off, don't cut it off. And then like she goes and then eventually she hits the bone and it kind of like bends open. There is so much blood in this scene. They run into the room. They see Natalie has cut her arm off, which it didn't look like it got cut off all the way, but they evident, she evidently got it all the way through. Well, it's not fully off yet. It's hanging on by like one sinew. She's like, I feel much better now. And then her arm drops to the floor. Oh. It's just like, I had to do like it. Like the last tendon finally snaps. Yeah. And then they like run out there and then like, I, I, one of the characters says something like, here, just put some pressure on it or something like that. And I was like, I was like, no, I mean, she's losing. She's going to die. At of blood this point, loss. what else are they going to do? I think they're just like, yeah. I don't know. I'm way over my head now. So I think one of my favorite lines that comes up is actually delivered from by Eric, where uh, David is trying to like soothe Natalie. He's like, it's everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And Eric's like, everything's going to be fine. She just cut her fucking arm off. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of great little subtle like dialogue. that's not meant to be humorous, but just due to the, like the timing of it. Yeah, now this was definitely an homage to the original series where Ash has to cut his hand off after it gets infected. Yes. It's also revealed to us, um, I think Eric says it when he's attempting to burn the book and spilling the beans to David. He says, like, basically what's happening right now is something called the Taker of Souls is going to be resurrected once five souls have been fed on, and then the skies are going to bleed red, and then he's going to rise again. And that's kind of all we got to go on at this point of kind of the, the loose. Oh, I missed um, some of that. That steps. I missed the skies will bleed red thing. That would have made the, the blood rain at the end a lot more impactful. Yeah, that was all laid out like whenever mm. Eric was digging through that book. I knew that they were all like, and the thing that what's weird about this demon is like, if it touches you or it cuts you or it infects you or something like that, it infects you and you can basically, you're now possessed too. Because at this point, after like Olivia possessed and attacked them, Natalie's now possessed. And she, like, as they're discussing this, takes a nail gun and just starts shooting it across the room. Yeah. Like, they're shooting them into their, they're, like, holding their hands at the block. It's going through their hands. It's going in their arms. It's going in their faces, their chests. I'm surprised that Eric is still walking at this point. Yeah, Eric has been through way too much of this. Went stabbed in the chest, nail gunned all over the place. <laughs> you know, maybe adrenaline's a thing, but... Um, Got to be. I don't know, man. But, yeah, because his body takes a... Beaten. David ends up knocking her down. They end up getting after David's been nail gunned too quite yes. a bit. Um, knocks her down and they get the nail gun and shoot her. And then at this point they realize, oh, she's full possessed also. And I don't remember how they take Natalie out. Eric comes like he, they think he's dead, but he comes back and uh, they sh Eric's he dead. shoots her. Oh, with that's the right. shotgun. He shoots her her other arm off. Oh, because because Natalie's like, David, what's going on? Right after he shoots her, she like 
becomes unpossessed. Now, my question was, do you think she's really unpossessed? Or is this no. just no, no, this, this is, just is a definitely a classic deadite trick. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's like, why does everything hurt? Where are my arms? <laughs> yeah, she's like, my arm hurts. What's going on? And it's like, oh my God. And so David pauses and then like, it's like, immediately like demon again yeah. when it has the upper hand and then Eric does shoot he shoots her. Natalie and then that's the end of Natalie. Can you imagine the kind of psychological damage all this would do to a person? Oh, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> and you yeah. Like, oh God, yeah. The kind of damage that will uh, never ever heal. I'll be honest, this is one of my, my tiny quibbles about this podcast is the fact that like, I watch a lot of stuff and I'm just like, I react to this stuff like, no, this is not good for anybody. Like just even like things where like you're having a good time and like you're enjoying the movie. I'm still just like, this is so unfortunate for everyone. Like, you know, like this is not like, I always think of like the humanistic aspect oh, yeah. of it. I'm just like, oh, these poor people. The day after any horror movie is like the worst, second worst day of any survivor's life. <laughs> the, you know, the horror movie's the worst day. The day yeah. after, second worst day. A lot of aspirin. Yeah. Take and- a lot of aspirin. <laughs> you know, I was watching this film and I was thinking to myself, is like, okay, I would happily watch this movie again this week. That's how much I enjoyed it. I was like, I'm going to go home and watch it. Why is it? Because I I think I mentioned before that like body mutilation is something I really don't enjoy. It's why I don't really care for the Saw series all that much. I don't want to watch Hostel ever again. I've already experienced that. Why is it in this movie that I feel like it's earned its gore? Because it's there's a plot reason to it. It's not just oh you've been captured and now you've got you're gonna get punished. Like these people are doing things that in the moment make sense as the most reasonable option. It's kind of like that 127 hours thing that James Franco did. Yeah, guy, the oh, trapped had to in cut the cave or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean that was drawn out over <laughs> a long time. 127 you hours. Shit. But um, you should rewatch Hostel, Mark. It is less bad than you think. It is. They, Hostel Two is where they were like, "Oh, we got to saw this up." The first Hostel, <laughs> way less. I think there's like one. It's the eyeball thing. Okay. It's always the eyeball thing. Oh, eyes. Where yeah. they like burn her eye out with the torch or whatever. Oh, yeah. It was, it was terrible. Um, anyway, let's get back yeah, to Evil we, Dead. We do need to mention that Eric also told David, "Is like, okay, there's three options we can do with your sister. We can bury her alive." We can burn her at the stake or we can dismember her. Which one you want to go with? And he's like, uh, none of them, senor. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So, yeah, at this point, Natalie's been taken out. Where is Mia at this point? Is she still locked in the Mia's in the still cellar? locked downstairs. Yeah, I think because now this is when David's like, all right, I'm going to have to set her on fire. And he puts his lighter fluid gas or whatever all around the house. And he's like, he's, he could end this right now. Uh, he gets his lighter out, he lights it, and then he just waits and waits and waits. And he's like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, he's a coward. He's yeah. unwilling to do what needs to be done at this point. Just right. like Eric called him earlier, you're a coward. But he does come up with a pretty clever plan B. I will give him props on this. So what is his plan B? So his plan is to do Barry Alive, uh, where he will bury Mia, wait till she's dead, and then bring her back to life. Just like when she almost OD'd. Oh. She's already done this before. Time's a flat circle. <laughs> uh, and so that's his plan. So then comes a little bit of a montage where he builds his, I don't know what he builds, some sort of bring her back to life device. It involves like a, a battery. Car battery and the syringes. Yeah. And it was like, I don't think this is going to, how this is not going to work, bro. <laughs> but um, where did he learn to do that? Yeah. The I fact know. that he thought like once she was dead, she'd be okay to bring back. It was like, mm, I know. It's like, where did you get this information? That was from? not in the book, dude. It's one of those, like, I'm going to trick it. Like, <laughs> yeah. this will just work on a technicality. Klaatu, Mirada, <laughs> Okay, then. 
Let me just jump back. I know we don't like to jump back too often, but let me jump back real quick because before he does this, um, they go down to basically get Mia to take this out. And that's where Eric actually ends up getting killed. Like there's a fight downstairs and Eric ends up getting his arms slashed open and David gets slashed. Cause, um, remember Eric gets killed downstairs in the water. Well, in that, the basement. Yeah, he's going down in the basement with his weird battery syringe contraption. He's going to try to like knock her out and then to go bury her. Yeah. So that's, the, they both the, go the down there together. Right and then that's when, you know, yeah. Eric gets, he gets it. So a little too late after all his friends are dead. <laughs> yeah. And he's like in the water and he's just like, just promise me you'll finish it or something like that. And then like lowers him into the water. And it's like, if this basement is that flooded already, this whole house would have been like yeah. rotted away by now. Cause it's just raining outside. But anyway, you think Mia's dead. She's knocked out. And then he takes her outside and he does dig a hole pretty quick. And then Way too quick. But. Buries her and then the whole the, the evil dead does the thing where it's all like, what are you doing, David? I can't breathe. Yeah, he puts a up. bag over her head, uh, which clever. I like that idea. That's smart. Yeah. Suffocator and bury her. Yeah. sure that he gets done. And then he like starts burying her and kind of like, you know, struggles with doing it. Which don't get me wrong. I could, I understand David's, resi- you know, hesitation to do this. Even if like we like knew John was like, possessed or something like that. And we're like, we got to kill John. I'd still be like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I don't do want to fucking it. kill John. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't want to do, I mean, if it comes down to like my life or yours, right. that's a different story. But like, just to like, Hey, we got to do this. I'm be like, Ooh, at this point though, there's enough evidence to be like, right. Four people are, or three people are dead. Okay. There's also precedent set by the other movies that you can come back from the possession. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. So obviously it doesn't, it doesn't these, say that in the book. Yeah, no one says that these characters don't know that. Right. But I, would I be respect like, his creativity. He stepped outside. He the tried. Box yeah. He yeah. tried to, he's like, fuck it. We'll, we'll kill it. And then I'll bring it back and she'll be fine. But and what happens? Like, he, buries he buries her, pulls her back out and she comes back revived. Woot. Like, just like, David, what's going on? It was terrible. It was the scariest thing. <laughs> I, I can't, I hate, I hate everything that happened. Like she remembers it. Yep. Happy ending. Right. And you think, all right, everything's cool. Hey, I left the car keys in the cabin. I'll be right back. <laughs> David <laughs> runs inside. And he takes a knife in the throat by dead Eric. Yes. Eric has come back and basically, st- he, no, it's the, the clippers that he used to clip the um, the barbed wire off oh, the, yeah. the book originally. He takes those wire cutters and jams them in his neck. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, when he yeah. drops them, I was like, I was like, I thought it was a knife too. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. And I was like, oh my God, wire cutters. Yeah. I was like, that was a hard hit, dude. If you got those into the <laughs> neck. And so at this point. What a twist. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> David's like, that all right. Hilarious. Fuck if, it. If burning if, this place down. If he had fucking yelled surprise as he stabbed <laughs> him in the neck. Oh, that would have, that would have made this movie gotcha. that much better. That, yeah. No, it wouldn't have. You want to know, that would totally fall into the it chapter two categories of sucking yeah. all the tension out of the, out of the room. Surprise, bitch. Uh, <laughs> that would been great. <laughs> so yeah, he thrusts me outside, shuts the door and proceeds to shotgun the gas can and just explode the cabin yeah. into fire. The house is burning now, which, cool. All right, problem solved, right? And we got our five sacrifices. Oh, I didn't realize so that was... Yes, get, that's why it didn't work. Olivia, Natalie, Eric, David, and guess what? Mia died also. Oh. Yeah. So the technicality came back to bite him in the ass. That's what I didn't catch So then. the fire did nothing because the demon was already freed. Because it immediately starts raining blood. And I was like, love this. Yeah. Cue, like, cue the slayer. I was like, love me a little raining blood. Is the demon that comes up a twin of Mia? 
Yes. Okay. I couldn't it really looks, tell. It looks like a really fucked up version of Mia. Yeah. I, I, the, so the girl at the very beginning of the movie and Mia looked so similar. I had a hard time telling them apart. So did I. Yeah. That's why so I, I thought like, I this was like a, like everything led up to the thing we saw at the beginning. Yeah. But no. But my God, that shot of Mia kneeling in front of the cabin on fire with the woods and the the blood just pouring down was such a beautiful shot. I was oh. like, holy shit, that looks so incredible. The whole movie was filmed so beautifully. But yeah. yeah, so at this point, she goes to get in the car and then the demon comes up out of the ground. It looks like Mia, which yeah. I was hoping for a, a better look to it at this point. Because if it's, if it's come back, then why would it take the form of the frail little girl and not something like more powerful, you know, like it's true demon form, but what do I know about demonology? <laughs> so she goes and gets in the, she goes and gets in the Jeep and then immediately drops the keys. Like, as you do. As, as happens in all these movies. And of course she looks down to get the keys and she looks back up and then the demon, Mia demon is um, right next to the window and busts to the window and tries to grab her. Which it does. And it actually burns her skin, which I thought yeah, was an it interesting. Yeah, it grabs her. Like, mm-hmm. It's burning her skin, which is like, and you see like the, the sizzle that's, and you're yeah. like, holy shit, that's hot. She manages to get away and then she, yeah, she goes and, and follows into this hole and she's like looking around and picks up a chainsaw and it's all out of gas. And she's like, oh crap finds a little bit of gasoline and then the demon follows her into the tool shed and she manages like finagle her away like behind one of the walls i guess yeah she must be very very small she looked very small she did no offense to miss levy but uh yes. you look like a small frame lady uh which she is how you between the walls squeeze in between two walls i guess good idea but not really because then the the demon takes a hatchet or a machete. Uh, machete, machete and like slides it through the wall and ends up like cutting her knee and like oh. ends up like trying to stab her through the wall. And you see her get sliced so many times. Oh, it's it so is rough. so visceral. She managed to make her way back out to the Jeep where she's hiding underneath it. And I, I guess she just assumed maybe she could make a break for it. The demon runs up to it, like look in the Jeep, like, where are you? I know you're over here by the Jeep. And at that point, she takes the chainsaw and cuts one of the demon's legs off. Oh, that's right. And then the demon falls to the ground and sees her trying to scoot her way out from underneath the, the Jeep. And then the demon, like, on the ground's like, fuck it. Just pushes the <laughs> Jeep over, like, Jurassic Park style, rolls the Jeep on top of her. She tries to roll away, and you think, like, oh, she's going to make it. She rolled out of the way. No, her hand is caught. And then she is, like, trying to pull her hand out from underneath this Jeep, which is pinned. And you can see, like, the skin ripping and it's stuff like so that. so gross. Oh, it's so difficult to watch. I don't think it would be possible to do... What she did. Even with the bone broken, I think. Yeah. And also, we're forgetting about, even with adrenaline and stuff like that, you would pass out That's what I'm thinking. I think you would actually probably pass out before you could rip your own human body would make you pass out to, like, keep you from, like, freaking out too much. But again, I don't know. Maybe everyone's different. I mean, she rips every tendon. Her whole skin, and the skin isn't cut, so it's just a broken bone. ripping. I mean, I'm sure it's cut a little bit, like it pinned and probably cut through the skin, but she pulls it apart, and... Then she's got no hand, like no like from the like the wrist down. Right, so she's down. got one arm and it uh, is not a clean cut, by the way. It no. is a meaty mess, and Oof. it is running blood. It's not just dripping, like you see in movies. Like, yeah. oh, it's just dripping. No, this thing is like still pouring blood as yeah, if her blood probably pressure probably too pumping. much blood to be honest. But she would have passed out. She would have been so passed out. This movie's filled with blood. Maybe <laughs> she's getting blood from the rain that's replacing her arm blood. She walks over to the demon, which is missing a leg, which is on the ground. And then what does it say? I'll feast on your soul. And then she goes, feast on this. And then shoves the chainsaw into its face and then like starts cutting down. Yeah. And you see it. Oh my God. I was like, they're going like, God, this movie's so gory. (laughs) It was, and it's like, not like fun 80s gore where you're like, oh dude, that guy's head just blew up. It's like, 
Oh God! Like, it's like hard ugh. to watch gore. But yeah. I would love to see how many gallons of blood was spilled in the making of this film because it is just such a. Is wet... that including the rain budget? Yes, the blood rain budget. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. much. Then. It's such a wet, visceral, just disgusting movie. This could have been called Wet Hot American Summer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so she kills the demon, and then the demon like soaks back into the ground. Yeah, so I guess the demon can be physically damaged. I guess which so. Seems because like a she big cuts flaw. it in like half almost, like yeah. the top like half cuts through it, and then it like falls to the ground, and then kind of like soaks back into the ground and absorbs back into the like. So this is like a doom style demon. You can kill it. Yes, clearly. Mm -hmm. Well, which is weird though, compared to how much like it could do damage. Exactly. Otherwise, you think it would have a little more power, but maybe it's maybe its power is all like Especially manipulation. This is, based. should be its maximum power. It got all five of its souls. It seems less powerful than when it didn't have all its souls. I think it's kind of that. Just it brings it into our realm. You okay. know, it doesn't mean it's invincible. You know, so now it's I mean? got to play by our rules. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like Freddy. Yeah. No. Uh, so let's just say that that is that is the end of the movie at this point, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, if you stick around through the credits, which I, I think is also very well done, very nice illustration showing everything, a lot of slow motion blood, like in chainsaw revs and, and stuff like that. All of yeah. it. Beautiful, man. They actually start playing the, the tape recording from the first movie. Okay, so I was actually watching the credits, and before that guy's voice came up, it was all like, it had that dude's voice credited, and I was like, we never heard a scientist talk, you know? Like, I can't remember the exact credit that that character had. Right. Yeah, one of the things that the original movie does is um, it actually, it is the tape of the professor reciting the lines that brings the evil dead back. Oh, okay. So this is the same recording of that. And so they actually, inadvertently bring it back in the first movie. Correct. Okay. Uh, here we, we hear the, the professor say to the fact, um, these evils may lie dormant, but never are truly dead. Demons are given license to possess a living via these ancient Sumerian rituals. Sumerian rituals. So no, it doesn't actually die. I think just when you eviscerate it, as in uh. the, as Mia's case, it just like sent it back. Okay. Sent it back to where it came from. For 80 from. years. Okay. Yeah. Until some other idiot named Eric Dude. reads the, the the ritual to bring it back. After the credits, we get a small teaser with Bruce Campbell looking at the camera saying groovy. It's like a flash cut of him like turning his head and goes groovy. And then it's like black. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, well, that was unnecessary. But there was a plan at one point to bring both franchises into the same movie. Okay. So that was, it was trying to lay a, lay a, a Marvel-esque like teaser at the end. I'm here to talk to you about the Evil Dead initiative. Except he's like, he's like completely in like a black background. He's in no location. He's, he could be in the, the ether for all right. we know. So there's no like, oh, he exists in this world. Like it'd be one thing if he was like driving along a road past the exit and then looked at the camera and was like groovy or, you know, like. Yeah, I anything, think it was like. But it was just more like, like hey, Bruce Campbell, we didn't forget. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, well, we probably gotcha. like, we have Bruce for 15 minutes. All right, just have him say groovy and let's move on. <laughs> we have Bruce for 15 seconds. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce, look over here. What can you say for us? Groovy. Got it. Hey, <laughs> if any amount of Bruce should be considered an honor, okay? <laughs> I'm not a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I mean, nothing against him, but it's like, he's never really done anything for me from the Evil Dead movies. So like, that wasn't like a huge, like, all right for yeah, me. Same. It's I mean, it's cool right for the fans. I'm saying it's cool for the fans. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they like at least acknowledged his character and stuff. Garrett, you said at some point at the beginning of this that this movie seemed very basic. 
And I think that's just going to come from the territory of remaking a classic that set up a lot of the Cabin in the Woods tropes, right? Oh, again, yes. And had I not already seen Cabin in the Woods, I think that I would feel different about this movie. But the thing is, Cabin in the Woods took all these like and then twisted them just enough to where it was like, oh, that's really cool and entertaining. Yeah. Or that's really clever. Or, oh, so that's why they would do that. I think the thing about Cabin in the Woods uh, is that it not only, like all good parodies, it's also a great example of the movie it's trying to mock. Um, and so it just did it so well. It does both uh, yeah. both sides of the fence so well. And it was just like, okay, again, I enjoyed this movie. I yeah, liked I mean, it. I, I thought it was it a so. great like reboot, if you want to call it that. You know, but I think it's a great template for remaking an, a classic film and still being able to do your own spin on it. You know, oh yeah, the the tone and. Yeah, the tone and the jokes are, you know, there is no jokes. It's they modernize this really well. Yeah, I think, uh, I hope that we get more remakes in this vein and maybe less of like, you know, a leather face that doesn't do anything to appreciate the uh, the originals that came before it. Doesn't pay homage, but even might plagiarize it to a degree. You know, this, this shows a very uh, respect to the material it's remaking. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it as like, you want a really gory like horror movie? Yeah, this is it. Two thumbs, highly recommended. Five at now, actually four <laughs> out of five. But then I'm gonna round it up to a nine out of ten. I'd say it's a four out of four point five out of five for me. The the blood and the effects and the gore, the tone, the atmosphere, everything are so strong that it just kind of really puts its its issues aside. Yeah. Like it overshadows the poor choices that our characters make to yeah, get to those a, scenes. The one thing that keeps it from being like a five out of five for me is that stupid, I mean, making them see a recording or hear it over a tape. That's clever. That's a good way to get around the fact that people aren't stupid, but uh, nope, they just went full on dumb in our, in this movie. Yeah. But I mean, I'm going to have a little bit lower just because it didn't really bring anything unique to the table with me, but I'd give like a 3.5 out of 5 and probably like a 7 out of 10. Okay. Math checks out. You know what we need to do, John? No, I what? think before we dive into any franchise that has remakes or, you know, a long history, we're going to watch the original first because now we've done it backwards twice. <laughs> you've watched the Chainsaw remake first and That's now you've true. watched the Evil That's Dead true. remake first. It's time to go in the correct order. But here's the thing, Mark. I watched the Evil Dead remake like six years before we did this podcast. So no, I know that. Unless I'm not you saying, can go back in time. I'm saying we just need to find that franchise, whatever is out there that you haven't watched the remake oh, yeah, first, man. and do it in the correct order. The list is getting short nowadays, but we'll find one. Yeah, it's out there. Three recommendations from us. Go check it out. Uh, please visit our social media, Twitter, Facebook page. You can also find all of our content at www.thegravetalk.com. Keep an eye out. We'll be posting some more uh, YouTube videos in the future. Uh, John, you still got some quickies on the way, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, TBD on when, but they are coming. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.